Okay, are we going to talk to my, my, my team? My terrible fucking team. You're done, coach. It's over. It's a wrap. Do you see I'm in all black? <laughs> we waited and eight I, months for this. We waited nine, eight, nine months. Now, I, I appreciate your team. Look good. Yep. You might be the favorites. We're done. Yeah. Done, done. Cross the streams, we're here. And by we, I mean myself, Kip, by all, all solo with just my emotions and my disappointment. But I know Cowboy Nation, the Dallas Cowboy fans out there, feel me in the sorrow, in the angst, in the rage. Uh, and we're here after a 19-3 debacle uh, at the hands of Tom Brady. 7-0, Tom Brady's going to finish 7-0 against us over his career and that is uh horrific and, and hard to swallow amongst other things that happened last night including Dak being out for the season and just an overall maybe one of the worst cowboy performances I've seen in my almost 40 cogni cognizant years of fandom this is my 38 I did the math um, so today is all about the Cowboys so it is not one of our deeper um, relating to world worldly things that are important and vital uh, it's very much a fandom show so listen right now you can edit you can move on to the next topic if you are a not a cowboy fan and aren't in need of catharsis and community in the suffering they've caused us through today's episode or b you're not part of the other half of the community that loathes the Cowboys, that hates them, that despises them, and revels in their suffering. Because you probably get a kick out of this episode, too. If you're somewhere in the middle, if the Cowboys are just a meh to you, go ahead and move on. Go to our last episode. We talked to, I was a Listen Up segment with David Gunn and Kelly Ione about life cliche, mantra, or something we had to deep dive instead. But today is all about the Cowboys and grief. So it's a bit of a, you know, it's kind of a reading out loud segment. I'll probably title it that when we when we release this tomorrow. Um, as I wrote today on Twitter, like I find release catharsis and the ability to move on um, in writing and podcasting. You know, that's really been an outlet for me to kind of center myself and feel capable of grasping with certain issues in the world or reconnecting with people. Like I, I think both those methods, uh, writing on medium.com, Kip, uh, Kip I own on medium.com or the podcast across the streams that you're listening to right now has been ways for me to vent and be able to move forward. And so today is a perfect time. Like I recognize throughout my 38 years of fandom. So my first experience that I can remember vividly, like coherently is being, uh, five years old, five, six years old and the Cowboys losing to the LA Rams with Eric Dickerson in a, in a playoff game. I think it was 20 to nothing, 21 to nothing. It was an ass kicking. But I remember almost every season from them, like not exactly scores of games, but if you ask me about certain years, uh, most likely I can tell you. I can tell you major events, major players, things that happen in it. So the Cowboys are a piece of me. You know, I think in my small circle of influence, uh, people out there know to text me either condolences uh, or make fun of me when the Cowboys lose, which unfortunately is almost always when it matters the most. Uh, so today I wrote about it, and I'll kind of do the, the reading out loud version of this, uh, but I'll probably also veer into some tangents uh, as we go through the podcast uh, part of this as well. And, and I do, I am being selfish today. 
in going through this exercise because I think it'll help me purge the vitriol that I'm feeling about this damn team. But I also am well aware that I need to get it out, that I need to uh, process it because otherwise I'm just an asshole around people. Like, you know, you can ask Kelly, uh, you can ask my kids. Last night was probably not a great time to be around me. And I know that's unfair to them. I'm not, I'm not able to be better at that. I wish I was. So I'm going to try this um, as a Monday's version of purging this, lowering my expectations and maybe getting through it without being, you know, awful in some quick snappy remark I make or, you know, feeling like I should get something for me from my family. Like, hey, let's watch my show or let's eat my dessert only because dad feels bad because the damn Cowboys lost. So make soothe me. I want to do that. You know, everybody knows I, I wear the shirt. She is not your rehab. So let's not make Kelly be my rehab. Let's let the podcast audience who might be feeling the same as me get through this. All right. So re-upping with disappointment, a history of fandom with the Dallas Cowboys. And most of the time it starts like this when I bring up how quote-unquote tough it is to be a Cowboys fan. Bro, they won three Super Bowls when you were a teenager. 92, 93, and 95. Get out of here with this woe is me routine. Yeah, but I'm going to go back to something Colin Cowherd said. Exceptions prove the rule. If there are just three miles of paved road mixed into a 38-mile stretch of gravel and ruts, you don't recount your travel as smooth. You talk about how terrible the road was. If there are three days of sunshine... In a 38-day period of torrential rain, you don't describe it as beautiful because the three days happened. If your favorite NBA player makes three of his last 38 three-point shots, you don't call him a marksman because he mixed in three makes. And finally, you know, take baseball. If your MLB player, your favorite MLB player, has three hits in his last 38 at-bats, you don't call him the next Tony Gwynn. You sit his .078 hitting ass down and you try someone else. Well, the Dallas Cowboys have given me three years of painless fandom in the 38 years of cognizant devotion I've given them. Three. Well, my team doesn't have any Super Bowls, so get over it, Kip. Cool. Like I said before, then this isn't for you. Skip to our next episode. Go to your next podcast. This is for either my brothers and sisters in suffering, a.k.a. Cowboy fans everywhere, Cowboy Nation, uh, and trying to hopefully find catharsis through this. Or for the other half of America, cowboy haters, to revel in. And let's be honest, they are America's team. Not because I would go on a game show and say, you know what, I guess the Cowboys have the most fans. I would guess, however, that the Cowboys have the most people that have a strong reaction to them one way or the other. There are a lot of people, when you say the Carolina Panthers, eh, you know, I don't, they don't really get me going either way. When you say the Dallas Cowboys, you either get instant love or you get auto-hate and loathing, which makes them the most relevant team in the world. Especially especially since in the light of my 38th year of fandom, I waited nine months for this season to start over. And it just snuffed out between 5.20 p.m. and 8.20 p.m. Pacific time. When Dak's thumb got injured, before that he was playing like trash, the offense was playing like trash, Tom Brady beat us again. I'm here today to vomit frustrations, rages, and half-baked quick-fix solutions. And then, folks, I'll probably sign right back up tomorrow for Sunday's game against the Bengals, and by Saturday evening, Saturday late night, I'll probably be leaving we can win. Rinse, repeat. This is my life. Is it really hope that brings me back? I don't think so. Uh, let's take an author. I, I read this from author Andre Henry's book um, that you guys should go out there and find. 
but he quotes another author, Rebecca Solnit, in her book called Hope in the Dark. And she says, hope is an embrace of the unknown and the unknowable, an alternative to the certainty of both optimists and pessimists. Knowing that, I can't truly be hopeful, everyone. That's why not why I keep coming back. Because I, I absolutely am in the pessimistic, bad shit's going to happen. There's going to be a calamity this season. It's inevitable. So it's not hope that's bringing me back. I've seen everything. And I know there's cowboy fans out there similar to me. I've seen Steve Pelour versus Gary Hogaboom. I know Coach Jack Martino from Useless Full Information is laughing his ass off because he's old enough to remember Steve Pelour versus Gary Hogaboom, a poo-poo platter of quarterback play. I picked a side in Quincy Carter versus Chad Hutchinson. I saw Drew Bledsoe take us to a 9-7, and 10-6 and six season and not get in, and the next year Bill Parcells replaced him with Romo, whose bad back gave way to Dak, whose broken leg gave us Garrett Gilbert, Andy Dalton, and Ben DiNucci for a season, and whose thumb is now going to give me Cooper Rush. I've watched every single running back from Herschel Walker, sidebar, don't vote for him, vote for Raphael Warnock, please, to, of course, Emmett, to Marion the Barbarian, Barber, R.I.P., to DeMarco, okay, to Zeke, okay, with Julio Jones and Felix Jones and Troy Hambrick moonlighting and starting running backs in between them. I've worn 88 jerseys with pride that said Irvin or Bryant on the back. But I've also spent many a Sunday as a grown man in jerseys that said random names like Claiborne, R. Williams, Austin, Coakley, and Wynn. I've studied every safety that's played for the Cowboys. My, I played that position. My brother was an All-American in that position. I love safety play. I've watched the greatest of all time, in my opinion, Darren Woodson, do it for the Cowboys for many years, but not playing a title game from 95 till his retirement in 04. I sat through Omar Stoutmire playing safety to aforementioned Roy Williams, who could hit like a train and cover nothing. I've watched Ken Hamlin, Gerald Sensabaugh, and my God, Jeff Heath play this position. I saw corners like Terrence Newman, Mike Jenkins, Brandon Carr, Orlando Skandrick, Byron Jones, and Anthony Henry combined to win one playoff game in my adulthood while chasing receivers in two different home stadiums, one with a big-ass hole in the roof, in another where Jerry didn't spend for curtains and the blinding sunlight in the playoff game cost us a touchdown to CD last year. I've seen Dan Bailey, Nick Folk, Billy Cundiff, Brett Meyer twice, Brett Maher twice, Eddie Murray's carcass kick field goals and extra points for the Cowboys. I've seen Raphael Septien, Mike Vanderjat. I watched Martine Gramatica go from Automatica Gramatica to Mistedagenica for the Cowboys. I saw Greg Ellis, Demarcus Ware, Leroy Glover, Ebenezer Ekibon, Kavika Pittman, and Demarcus Lawrence fly after quarterbacks like their hair was on fire, only to see Aaron Rodgers throw a 60-yard dart to a no-name tight end on a sideline to win a miracle playoff game where the number one seed. I saw Dez catch it. He caught it. We lost anyway. I've seen the NFC East be on the line. The winner is in. NBC flexes the game to Sunday night, the last game of the regular season. The winner's in, the loser's out. And we lost every single one of them, 2011, 2012, 2013, to every one of our division rivals, RG3 and the then, you know what, skins. Now the commanders. Eli's ass in the Giants. Nick Foles in the Eagles when we had Keith Orton running around. Kyle, sorry, Kyle Orton running around because Romo was hurt. Do you know Jason Witten never played in an NFC title game? 
Sean Lee, Andre Girard, Travis Frederick, Brady James, and Flozell Adams never played in an NFC title game. I've witnessed Aeneas Williams and Jake Plummer. Take that, Jake the Snake Plummer. In the triplets in a wild card game in 97. I saw Eli, Michael Strahan, and his gap tooth come into Texas Stadium and beat a number one seeded Romo team. We already talked about the, what Rodgers and the Packers did to another number one seed, but don't forget, just eight months ago, an entirely forgettable Jimmy G came into AT&T Stadium and beat a number three seeded Dak team because we couldn't get the clock stopped. I've been there for Dave Campo, Chan Gailey, a minor uptick in Bill Parcells, and then decades, it seemed like, of the clapper, Jason Garrett, struggling to get out from Jera and his son's heel. I've watched the value of the franchise skyrocket from when Jera brought it in 1988 to $8 billion with a cathedral of a new stadium, a pantheon of a practice facility called the Star that's erected in the middle of nowhere, Texas. All of it glistening, shining to lose whenever it mattered most. I really have no doubt that Jerry Jones feels the losses deeply. I think the man loves the Cowboys. I think he loves the fact that he's the owner of them more than he wants to actually see them win. I think he pines for the days that Jimmy, Troy, Emmett, Michael, and Dion were gifting him Super Bowls and allowing him to claim that he was part of it. But does he feel it the same way the legion of Cowboy fans and I do? He can literally wave his hand and do something about it. We can't. We can rant and rave on Twitter about the Scott Linehans, the Rob Ryans, and the Kellen Moores, and all the thousands of coordinators that we've been able to supposedly blame that games on. But we can't actually show any of them the door and bring in someone new or better. We can holler and scream on message boards when Stephen Jones tells us that the Laurent Robinsons, Deontay Thompson, Sam Hurds, and Daniel Houstons are suitable replacements for T.O.'s, Dez's, and Amari's. But we can't spend the money the family saves on the $40 million in cap space that Steven and company did, even though their assumptions are proven flat, flat wrong and those cheaper guys can't play. Jerry's going to go back to telling us he hopes 1 plus 1 equals 3. No, he said that. He said 1 plus 1. I have to hope that 1 plus 1 equals 3. Steven's going to say we're under the cap and have a bright future in 42 different ways on 105.9 in Dallas every Monday morning. And we fans are going to go back to watching the mega scoreboard in the stadium that they put dead center in the field, block more punts than the actual special, unit, special teams units ever have. But, let's be honest, and this is where I'm at fault, I can't quit them. You know, I'll sit down Sunday after Sunday for the next 18 weeks, doing the math to see which 24 teams have to lose for us to stay mathematically alive. And we've done this so many times. The Cowboys have been 4-9, and 6-8, and 5-8, and 7-8 and eight in various seasons of my adulthood. And Kelly can vouch for this. And still been just shitty enough to be alive until the last weekend. I think there's only been two or three seasons in my life where they have eliminated at a decent point where you could cut off giving a shit in December. No, they'll string it out. They'll find ways to be competitive enough to get you on board only to lose again in week 18, week 17. <sighs> All tweet, and I already have, that we got to sign Cap. The offensive line sucks. We need a mobile quarterback till Dak gets back. They won't take him. 
I said they take a flyer on OBJ. We need separation from receivers besides C.D. Lamb. They won't do it. They'll trot out Cooper Rush and Will Greer and Matt Castle and Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert and whoever else they can think of besides the people, I think. And they'll lose 22-10 to 10 on a given week. I'll convince both my sons to join me in this facade of cowboy fandom. My daughter's smart enough to say, go F yourself, father. No, thank you. I'll text every game with my old football coach, Coach Birch. Love him. Who's also so devoted, he named his son Landry, for Christ's sakes. And we'll both pine away for the days I could show up to Skyview High School for football practice, walk into the team locker room with a Skyview, with a Dallas Cowboys starter jacket on. You know the one. They were sick. And everyone would be envious and have nothing to say because the Cowboys were probably 13-3 and in Super Bowl favorites. I'm 43 years old now. I'll be 44 next year when Jerry sells me on hope again. My oldest son will be one more year closer to moving out in the real world in college and will have watched just two playoff wins together in the eternity of his lifetime. I've got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. I consider myself an educated human being, and history tells me this is a toxic relationship. The Cowboys take way more than they give. I should leave. I should find a new team or just follow certain players I like, like both Samoan quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota and uh, Tua. I should leave my Sundays open to something fulfilling and not soul-sucking. But I won't. Damn it. Content reminder. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.